What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down, episode number 55.0. And this is the first episode of the new year, because we did our Game of the Year stuff. So, uh, yeah, happy 2017 to everyone. And, um, yeah, I have uh, with me Matt Quinn. Hello, friends. And returning guest, John Whitehouse. Hello. And the reason why we have John back is because, if you remember, uh, in November last year, we played through Mass Effect 1. And I said, you know what? I would like to go back and play through the trilogy. And so that's what we're doing. We are going to be playing through Mass Effect 2 for this series. And, um, yeah. Uh, I, I have to just say, thank God that they changed stuff. For Mass Effect 2. <laughs> because Mass Effect 1, man, as good as that story is, fuck that game. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's quite a contrast going from... Because I, uh, if I remember rightly, we discussed it on the uh, the Mass Effect season. Uh, I Once I'd finished 1, I kind of wanted to dive straight back into 2, so I fired it up. And the, the difference is night and day between combat, uh, especially. And a lot of the time you are spending... Uh, in combat so it the improvements that they made uh, uh in regards to like the the, the weapons the, the firing of the weapons the biotics and all that stuff is uh so much of a welcome relief after Absolutely. one yeah <laughs> so uh a little bit of backstory about mass effect 2 um mass effect 2 came out january 26th of 2010 so that's got seven years old now jesus um, it came out on the uh, PC, Xbox 360, and then eventually on the PlayStation 3 years later. Which is what you're playing it on, is that correct? That's correct. I, I purchased the Max Effect Trilogy on PS3. came with everything, all the DLC, everything like that, all in one bundle. Real nice little set. Um, Matt, are you playing there too, or are you playing on PC? Yeah, that was a that was a question for me. I wasn't sure exactly where I wanted to play it. Uh, I decided to go to the PS3 again, uh, mainly because I've only got two trophies I think left to get. Is one of them the Insanity Trophy? Indeed, it is. <laughs> now it all makes sense. <laughs> now it makes sense. You're a madman. <laughs> And John, I, I, I take it you're playing on Xbox One via Xbox 360 version. <laughs> yes, okay. yes, I am. Uh, it's where I play. I mean, I've I've got. I'm sure I've got achievements to hunt on those, but uh, that's where I played them originally. Gotcha. I did. I did try because uh, I think last month, or it might even still be free. Uh, Mass Effect Two was free on Origin on PC, and I thought, well. I'll give that a shot because, you know, I've got a, a beefy enough PC. I'll probably play it really nicely. It has zero controller support, so delete. Mm. Yeah, I can't play... I, I, I can't play games on controller and, and mouse anyway, but this game is really not built for that. It should have, should have had controller support built in. Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't. I have a bit of a, another reason, which is just that when I first played... Mass Effect. My my like my story was on the PC, and so my one playthrough of Mass Effect Two on the P- 
PC was my story. And then when I eventually picked it up on the PS3 and played through it, that was more of a, well, let's just see what I can do. Let's have fun with the game and explore every nook and cranny of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So, that's, that's, it's a bit more that, yeah. that's what I wanted to get into was kind of our history with this game. Cause mine's actually kind of interesting. Um, uh, John, you, I, I, I take it you bought this day one. No. Okay. Um, cause I had originally played Mass Effect and as, uh, frequent listeners know from the last one is that I just couldn't get on with it. I tried several times to, to start it. Always got up to, uh, I think probably the bits just after the first, uh, beacon activates in front of Shepard. Um, and I just couldn't get on, uh, with like things like the combat. But as I say, it's more of a roll, uh, dice roll with Mass Effect 1, and uh, I didn't like the uh, Mako. Is it the Mako? Yes, it is Mako. Yes, the Mako. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't get on with the Mako control, and I, I struggled uh, very much. Anyway, hence the reason why that was one of the games I kind of uh, put on the four when we put it out to Twitter as to which ones we'd want to do, because it was one of those games I wanted to play and and could never get through it, and that would give me a reason to, to get through it. So I didn't pick up Mass Effect 2 straight away, uh, because of the experience I've had with Mass Effect 1. Uh, I would probably say, I mean, I can't be sure, but if memory serves me relatively correctly, it was about six to eight months after it launched when it was getting those kind of, oh, this could be game of the year contender. This game's really good. They've taken away a lot of the stuff that was bad from the first one, enhanced all the good stuff. So I eventually picked it up. And, and yeah, I mean, it's a game that I... I started it and I didn't want to stop playing. I just could carry through. Yeah. And uh, Matt, what about you? Uh, for, for me, it, it was a it was a game that I looked at longingly because um, it really is, I think, my type of game as far as the setting. You know, I, I was just you know everything that was coming out about Mass Effect Two really had me excited, except that. I hadn't really played Mass Effect 1. Mm-hmm. So I think I got around to playing Mass Effect 1 right around the time Mass Effect 2 came out. And then finished up Mass Effect 2 in 2011 when it came out. Um, yeah, so I, I basically, I, I think I, I, w- I was a little delayed on starting it. Again, because I played Mass Effect 1. And then I played Mass Effect 2 on the PC, and that was sort of my, I'm not going to look anything up. I don't want to know a thing about Mass Effect 2. I just want to dive in, see what happens. I'm not trying to get the best ending. I'm just trying to make my story. Uh, so that that was my PC playthrough. And then when I picked it up, when it came out, when it launched on the PS3, I picked it up and decided I just wanted to, you know, get everything mm-hmm. and see everything, do everything. So I uh, put a lot more time into the PS3 version. Um, and then, so I, I've, I've played through it twice, and then this will be my third playthrough. Okay. I basically did it from day one. It was, it, to, to me, it, it's one of the greatest games of last generation. Mm-hmm. They were all twos. Oh, for without me. a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, Mass Effect but 2, Uncharted 2, and Killzone 2 were my, my games of last gen. I would agree with at least two of those. Um, <laughs> Red, you're missing Red Dead, so you know. Still haven't played it. Never played it. Wow! Oh my God! There's there. 
is a Phoenix down if ever right. I heard it. <laughs> we, ha- we have it on the list to probably play this year. It's, yep. um, I, I would be very, very happy to, to star on that one because um, that game would give me another real strong reason to go and play that game. But you're right. I mean, Mass Effect 2 and Uncharted 2, without a doubt, two of the best uh, games of the, the generation uh, last gen. And for me, it was really the structure. Like, just, I don't know. It was the Maybe I just never paid enough attention to other RPGs, but this game, like, between the quality of the writing and my, like, attachment to the characters, and then just this game where it's so clear that you've got a mission, you've got missions. To me, it was it was the perfect RPG because I never felt lost. I don't know. I felt like I could just do whatever I wanted. I always knew what the end goal was. I always knew... You know, here's a character. I'm going to get them. I'm going to do the loyalty mission. It, it made sense. It was well written. Uh, yeah, I just I everything came together when I played this game. I just I just adore it. Well, the, the history, the the backstory that they give it. I mean, you go to every planet, and it's got a detailed history of of that planet and whether it's been settled on and and any history it may have and that's every planet in that galaxy. And you've got, as you said, Matt, you've got the really great story structure. You've got the, uh, an amazing, uh, ensemble of, uh, ensemble of characters. You know, they've all got their own little, I mean, the loyalty missions are a big thing and it plays into, to the end game. But those missions have felt to me felt, I mean, you don't have to them, but they felt like you had to, because you wanted to see, you know, more of these characters you want to learn more about them and by doing those loyalty missions you did they you know they've all got their unique backstories and it built so much on the the original mass effect because the the universe of mass effect is amazing but two kind of really hunkered down on it and it's like you cared about those characters you cared about the situation that they are in and you cared about this the it's, it's like star trek and star wars to me you know there's so much lore that they put into it, clearly a great deal of thought. And yeah. it just made that game rich with content and interesting. To, you, again, I just couldn't stop playing it because it was like every time I played it, I learned a little bit more about that whole universe and, and everything that goes on in it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one thing Bioware is good at. I said it with Dragon Age. I, I still prefer Dragon Age over Mass Effect, but with... Bioware games, it feels like they're making a game based on something that already exists, like in book or movie or something like that. It's like they're, they have created so much lore before the game started. Yeah, so much world building. Yeah, there's so much world building in these games, and they're so good at that. And, um, the, the thing that sold me the most while, while playing this game, uh, for me, like you talk about how great the characters are, is when uh, you get Garrus and they say, well, you're going to have some pretty hardcore scarring. And then Garrus is like, well, that's okay. I can't get all the ladies. And so it's, <laughs> I was like, that's perfect. That's, 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 that's so good. Um, but um, my history with it is actually I was so worn down from Mass Effect 1. So I played Mass Effect 1. I told, I told on the last show that uh, I played Mass Effect 1 when it came out. And stopped playing it about halfway through because I couldn't stand how the game played. And then years later came back to it and finished it. But I was so 
just pissed off at that game about how bad it played that I was like, fuck, I'm not playing Mass Effect 2. So yeah, more my, that. yeah, my, um, my roommate. So I went to the launch, the midnight launch of Mass Effect 2. And, uh, my roommate was getting it day one kind of thing. We went to the midnight launch and it just so happened the exact same day, a game called Tatsunoko versus Capcom came out. So he picked up Mass Effect 2 and I picked up Tatsunoko versus Capcom. I was the only motherfucker in that GameStop that picked up Matt Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Everybody, looked, cool you everybody looked at me <laughs> like I was insane. I was like, dude, I'm a fighting game guy. So whatever. So my roommate played through it. Completely in like a week. He fucking loved it. He kept telling me, dude, it's amazing. You got to get it. You got to play it. And I was like, ah, I'll play it later. It took me almost a year, but I finally played Mass Effect 2 and I'll be damned. I fucking loved it. <laughs> it was, it was great. It was fantastic. The, and I'll tell you, one of the things that really made that combat better just in how it just plays was the different types of bullets that you can put on. Because yep. I'll tell you one thing, cryo bullets trump everything in that game. Because <laughs> when you can freeze a guy in his place, you don't need any other thing in your arsenal. It's so good. And I'm still using it in this playthrough. So uh, my history is I played it on the Xbox 360 um, about a year after it came out. Um, and then I was asked to review it on the PS3 because, you know, a few years later that it came out on PS3. So I played it again on PS3, completed it there, and now I'm playing it for the third time on PS3 as well. Cool thing is, if you beat the game once and you keep your save, you basically play, I wouldn't say a new game plus, but they give you like a shit ton of credits and all this different types of ore and stuff that you normally have to collect. I don't have to do any of that now. Because I have so cool. much, I have so much, so I can just kind of play the game, and it's so nice to do that. Yeah, because the one thing that does let this game down is uh, this planet scanning. It is better than the Mako situation, but it takes a long time, and you need those resources to uh, build the tech that you're going to need to make your ship powerful enough to get through the Amiga relay. So it's kind of a necessity, really. And that was always a bit of a downside to it, kind of having to spend half an hour just trying to scan the planets. And that was always a bit of a ball like. Yeah. So let's just go ahead and jump into the story here. The opening parts of it, um, they kind of weigh your choices that you had in the first game. Um, if you're playing Mass Effect 2 and you didn't play Mass Effect 1, you can actually do like this comic book thing that allows you to choose the specific things that you could do in Mass Effect 1, and then you could carry that over to Mass Effect 2. Yeah, it's quite cool, isn't it, that yeah. does that. This is the first time, you see, I, when I played it originally, I hadn't got that save. Um, so this was, like, the this time around, I had all of that stuff saved from the first game and, and carry over. But the fact that they did that's quite cool, because it obviously affects certain aspects of Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3 uh, eventually. Uh, you know, some of those decisions you made as to what characters and situations develop into. Yeah. So, so um, starting off with your character, uh, I, I'm guessing, John, you transferred your old character over. Yes. Okay. I did as well. Um, so I have a female shepherd who is a renegade. Um, and I stuck with the same class, infiltrator. 
Um, John, do you what, what class did you go with? A soldier. Soldier. And Matt, what about mm-hmm. you? Continued with that. Uh, I have to go soldier because I heard that's the easiest way to beat it on insanity. Probably is, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the first time I played as Infiltrator through this this whole playthrough. I mean, I did it on Infiltrator on the first game too, but um, uh, I was actually a Vanguard throughout my first playthrough of the game. Um, and Vanguard's really fun. They're all about getting up close and personal. Like, yeah, I have a, a guy that I work with who... It, the two things he's most obsessed with are Mass Effect and The Witcher. Mm-hmm. And he he said that the only way he plays this game now is Vanguard on Insanity. He said it's so much more fun than any other way to play it. Yeah. Like he, he Vanguard class. Yeah, that Vanguard, it has like this, this ability where he kind of teleports and crashes into an enemy and gets right into their face and then shoots them with a shotgun. It's so good. But yeah, I figured I'd stick with the Infiltrator because it's a class I'd never actually played. It's more of like a rogue class. They use pistols and um, and sniper rifles. It's basically what Garrus is. Um, and um, they have the tactical cloak so they can go invisible, which actually comes in handy. Um, but yeah, If I ever played fourth time, I think I'd be a Vanguard. Hmm. Vanguard's fun. It is. Uh, you got to be careful, though, because you're going to be right in the enemy's face. So... Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so Matt, as far as this playthrough goes that you're doing right now, are you going Vanguard, or not Vanguard, are you going Paragon, or are you going Renegade? It's kind of funny. I went pretty hardcore Paragon the first time. Uh-huh. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go Renegade on this playthrough, you know, see what it's like to have an asshole shepherd. And then as soon as I started playing, I said, Shepard's not an asshole. I yeah. can't do that. Shepard's <laughs> just how he is. And like, for, I'm, I think I made one renegade decision, felt bad about it, and I'm, I'm straight Paragon again. <laughs> <That's how laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that one. That's how it was in my first playthrough. I was like, I can't be an asshole. But this one, I'm being a straight asshole, you know, take no prisoners. And it's like I said in the first um, series from Mass Effect 1, when you play a renegade, it feels like I'm missing out on things because either you're killing a guy straight up or you're telling him to fuck off. So it's just like, you know, I, I miss out on some things because I'm just like, no, fuck you kind of thing. <laughs> hey, but yeah, the only, the only renegade choice I've made is to punch a reporter so far. So, I mean, that's just solely because you kind of have to. It's a, you got, it's a done thing really to punch her while she's talking to you about, you know, I never, I had yet to uh, run I'm with the Matt. reporter. She's whereabouts is she located? I don't think she, she might still be on the Citadel. I've already encountered her so uh, already in this playthrough, so uh, she's definitely in the sort of first half. And um, you you kind of have to find her, and she wants a, a second follow up interview, and and then that sparks a dialogue between uh, Shepard and and her about how the last time he did it, she screwed him over. And she starts talking and starts to spin stuff, and you get the right trigger option, just decker. And it's like, yep, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, um, beginning of the game, uh, it actually is set probably like a month after the ending of the first game. Um, and they have sent Shepard out to basically scan the rest of the galaxy for geth activity. Woohoo. Yeah. Everybody's like, this is a dumb mission. 
and we're not going to find anything out here. Uh, but out of fucking nowhere, this gigantic cruiser ship shows up. We've never seen it before. And it starts blasting the Normandy. So we have to evacuate. Everybody's trying to get out of the, out of the Normandy. Um, there's no way we can ever get out. So, uh, and there's one final person who refuses to leave the ship and that's Joker. So we run up the Joker, we grab him and throw him into the last escape pod and basically sacrifice ourselves to save everybody. Um, Game over. Yeah. Uh, our, our, we, we are basically floating out in space. We're running out of oxygen and we then fall to a planet. Uh, and, and uh, Mass Effect logo. Yeah. I just I I love this beginning. It I think it's still my favorite beginning to any game ever. It's pretty um, good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind exciting of and it is yeah shocking for sure. But but more than that, it's it's those quiet scenes. There's the scene you know where it's where you're walking from the from one half of the ship to the other, and it's through open space and it's just silence. Yeah, all you hear is breathing. And, and so it's that kind of almost an artistic flourish. To the game that really like I was like holy shit I think we're in for something special here it's, and then as floating in space all you know floating towards the planet all you hear is his breathing yeah and then the curve of the planet that he's falling into becomes part of the logo I just I don't know I just these first like half hour or so is just amazing it's definitely a strong start hey Matt I'll tell you one thing if you want to see some really cool intros you need to play Tales from the Borderlands Oh yeah, every single episode like, is fantastic. The opening, it's a lot of that down is down to their choice of music track. Yeah, um, and I, I think it's episode three. Um, it's that's the strongest out of that that series. But yeah, every single one of them is very clever how they do it. And again, the music kind of and it's kind of a thing with Borderlands, isn't it? It's like yeah, you look at like Borderlands one and two. They've got those kind of hip songs that are playing and it's kind of their signature and they don't let it down in tiles. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, um, cut, kind of fade the black and we have, we're, we're hearing people talking. Um, sounds like people are observing the shepherd and, um, they're bringing shepherd back to life. Uh, we don't know who these people are, but um, they are doing this thing called the Lazarus Project. Um, and they have put a lot of money into this to bring Shepard back to life. So basically, we died. We I have, love those intro credits, too, where you're floating through the veins and like you're, you're, you're inside the body as it's being reconstructed. Yeah. There was some really cool scenes right there. Yeah, it looks almost like the CG was so good that it looked awesome halfway real uh, as far as like the robotics doing stuff to the body and stuff like that hmm. um, uh, we do awaken and they're like oh we need to put that shepherd back under because she's trying to start uh, me she's trying to get away you know trying to come awake so they put us back under because we're not ready yet and then when we finally do come and and are fully awake it's been a long time uh, and, um, we, uh, 
we're told that wherever we are is under attack and we need to get the hell out. And so immediately we're start we're fighting. Um and I think That's a good tutorial. Yeah. Uh if somebody's talking to us, uh Miranda is talking to us over radio and telling us where to go and what to do. Uh and we eventually run into uh a person named Jacob and uh we find out who these people actually are. It's Cerberus. Um, now, I'm pretty sure Cerberus was not in Mass Effect 1, right? No. Okay. But they act like we're supposed to have history with Cerberus. And they're like, oh, well, it's probably just you not remembering stuff because we just brought you back to life. So, um, apparently Cerberus is, <laughs> they're a radical human rights yeah, pro-human. Yeah, pro-human. Pro-human, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they they kind of... They, everybody has this negative connotation to them because they think that humans are supposed to be the only ones running the, the stuff instead of the other races. Um, but they kind of say that's not what we're really about. Um, and we... Shepard's kind of not... My Shepard doesn't trust anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, we run into Jacob, who is basically our first party member. Um, he, he tells us that we need to get out of here because somebody has infiltrated our ship and, um, have basically turned all of our robots against us, uh, when we don't know who it was. Um, but we also run into another Cerberus guy, uh, he's wounded. And he's telling us to get the hell out. Uh, and we're like, well, we got to go find Miranda first and get her. And he's kind of like, well, fuck Miranda. She's, you know, she's probably already dead. And um, when we get to where we need to be, uh, kind of find out the guy that was wounded, the Cerberus guy, he was actually the guy who went rogue, essentially, and uh, sabotaged everybody. And Miranda just comes up and shoots him in the fucking face. It was a good moment. Yeah, it was a good, and we're like, okay, uh, how do you know he was the bad guy? And she's like, I just know. So I'm just like, okay. It, it kind of lends to the uh, enigma of Cerberus because there's not just in this game, but that, you know, it carries on through three, but there is always this, yeah, they've got a bad rap, but you've got a lot of people saying, well, they do good things. Yes, we, we want, you know, we do favor humans over other aliens, but you know, this threat of the Reapers is going, isn't just about humans, it's about everybody. We're trying to, uh, you know, we're trying to free the galaxy. We're not, you know, when we're, we're not these extreme, uh, like terrorists. It, I mean, they, they pretty much, that's what they are viewed as by certain people in this game. And having moments like that kind of make you think as a player, hmm, are they, you know, is everything above board here or, uh, you know, is is this going to come back and bite me on the ass later on down the game? I think it's those sort of moments, even though they're only fleeting a few seconds long in some cases, but it's those little things. And, you know, that's heightened as we approach uh, uh, the meeting of the elusive man. Yeah. So that, that then really ramps up. Yeah, and I like that that's not a long game either. There, you know, he, he spends the first part of the game, you know, trying to figure out what Cerberus's role is and trying to convince people that, you know, we haven't just joined them. We don't 
trust them per se. And you and know, it's, it's quite difficult. I mean, you will meet characters that you've met, you, you have um, history with, and though some of those scenes are really quite dramatic in the fact that you know you, you're trying to defend Cerberus, but also trying to explain to them that you don't trust them fully, but you know that. Your your old friends are like you're dead to me. You know you you should have stayed dead. You, you you're you're a traitor. And again, it's it kind of adds uh, a weight to the story. Plus, when you're walking around with Miranda and sporting Cerberus logos on your shirt, it's hard to say you don't believe them or trust them. Yeah, and again, it's like it's he doesn't get all that opportunity to say, look, I'm I'm not doing this for Cerberus. I'm doing this for humanity and for the the well-being of the galaxy and all of the races in there you know you can't put that on your your armor can you so it's like it is he's caught in this very difficult uh, position and you don't always kind of know what what he's thinking and there are conversations about uh, you, you know you're deciding with them because they brought you back to life well we we don't know whether that's actually his full intention i mean you have as obviously a certain level of control over his uh actions and whether you go you know paragon or renegade but you there's always that kind of what does he think about cerberus um that doesn't really i don't even think that comes to uh, the surface and and until mass effect 3 in all honesty yeah. so uh, very well played yep i think the only reason why we shepherd is really going with cerberus is because they're the only people actually trying to do anything about the reapers Every, yeah, the alliance are, are pussies. Yeah, the, 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 well, the alliance. <laughs> the council. Yeah, the alliance, and we'll see the council in my games all humans. Oh, um, uh, I've got a mix. Sorry. Yeah, see, I, because I I had the council killed in Mass Effect. You meanie. <laughs> um, but I just I don't know. It's 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 one of those things where you know you, you kind of have to go with them because we know how bad the Reapers are, but. Nobody else is believing us or worried about it right now, so we're going to have to do this on our own kind of thing. The enemy of my enemy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, we find out after escaping that it's actually been two years since the attack on the Normandy, and everybody from the crews kind of moved on because everybody thought the Shepherd was dead. So um, we then have to figure out what what we meet up with the elusive man i'll just go ahead and say that so the elusive man is a very shady character he doesn't well, he never physically meets with anybody he always stays and in. perfectly voiced as yeah. well by martin sheen yeah that's an incredible performance very sinister yeah. yeah uh martin sheen does a fantastic job with him um they got a lot of well-known actors for this game well, isn't it Claudia Black is Miranda, is that? Is it Claudia Black is Miranda? Uh, no, Claudia Black plays it... Morgan in Dragon Age. It's either I... her or who's that other Australian actress who does a lot of voice work in video games? It's another Australian actress. I can't I don't know. think of her name. Um, the one who done um, who played Chloe in Uncharted 2 and 3. Emily um, Rose? Emily something? No, um, isn't it Emily? It would come to me, but I'm sure Claudia Black is in this as well. I can't, because she was originally from, like, Babylon 5, was she in? Uh, I'd never watched that, but I'm 
Tarscape, okay. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, Martin Sheen certainly does stand out, and the person playing uh, Shepard's obviously the, the guy who played him in the first one. I don't know whether he's a, a big voice actor or not. But. So the, what's interesting about the voice actress for Miranda is that it's who she's modeled after. It's actually the girl from a TV show. Uh, was it Chuck? Okay. So her, her name's Yvonne Strahovski. And she was in, I think it was Chuck. She was in a TV show. But she was a blonde was, the, I guess, the biggest difference. But it's clearly modeled. Her face is clearly modeled after her. Mm-hmm. And it is just the voice actress. But as far as I knew, that was the only thing she was famous for. Well, I don't know. I'll have to look into this. I'll, I'll IMDB it because it's, it's frustrating me now. Who <laughs> does the voice for her? I know the, 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 the kind of like the mob boss of Omega is uh, Trinity from... The Matrix. Oh, she was also in Dexter. Dexter. Huh. Um, but yeah. Um, oh, I was thinking of Jennifer Hale, but she plays female. Yeah, she she, she does finish up. Yeah. Um, but I'm just uh, let's have a little look. Yeah, Avon uh, Avon Strahovski. Mm-hmm. She actually does the voice as well. So I was wrong about Courtney Black. So uh, yeah, she does the. Uh, face and motion caption modeling and the voice as well. But uh, let's see here. Uh, meeting up with the elusive man, he basically tells us that we need to uh, we need to basically do what has been the impossible thing, which is travel through the Omega Relay to stop the the Reapers. Um, or not stop the Reapers. Uh, we have been getting reports of human colonies just completely disappearing every single person there there's no sign of a struggle at all just people are like disappearing we don't know exactly what's doing that um, but we need to investigate it but we obviously think it has something to do with the Omega Relay um, because anybody who travels through the Omega Relay never comes back so we need to gather up a task force to stop this um, and we have some leads and we want you to go recruit them. And we, that's why we brought you back to life because you are the best leader ever. And we want you to, you're the only person that can recruit all these people and start this, start this in motion. And, um, we reluctantly agree. So we have a few leads on people that we could get. Uh, one of them, two of them are on Omega. Uh, one of them is a well-known scientist who is uh, brilliant in his field uh, named uh, Morden. Morden Solas, I think is his name. Solas. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Best character in this game. He's really good. <laughs> um, and then the other one is a person that goes by Archangel. Uh, we don't know much about them, but he's kind of like a freedom fighter. Uh, very... Uh, is, he, is he like... Don't they position him as like uh, an assassin stroke mercenary? I can't remember. He, uh, I, I imagine Archangel is kind of like Batman. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's actually seen him, but he just wipes out bad guys like crazy. And there's lots of stories. Yeah, stories about the Archangel. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot like <laughs> Batman. 
So like he's like, does Batman really exist? I don't know, but somebody's wiping everybody out, you know, kind of thing. So, um, so we travel to Omega. Uh, Omega is kind of like it's a space station that's very seedy, um, kind of slummy in some ways, uh, and it's ran by basically mobsters. It's like the dark citadel, isn't it? It's like this area, this hub that's just full of criminals and, and as you say, mobsters and dark dealings. Unsavory people. Uh, and when we arrived there, um, the, the boss of Omega wants to talk to us. Uh, and we get some information from her. So, oh God, what, what's the boss's name again? Aria? Aria? Yeah, Aria. Um, and so we, you know, we're like, we're here to just look for some people. So, um, but there's a few things we can do for her. I chose not to do them because eh, I, I, I got too much on my plate. <laughs> uh, so, um, who did you guys go for first? Um, I think I automatically picked up Zaid because he is just on that base. That's uh, true. Was, he just kind of goes, and then um, I think I went for. Um, uh, Kasumi next, uh, but again, you don't have to do anything for them. You kind of just they're there, they join your crew because they've been paid to do so. Yeah. So we, I need to mention that uh, Zaid and Kasumi are both DLC characters. Zaid, you got for pre-ordering the game. Yes. And Kasumi was DLC, like just, I believe just paid so. DLC. Yeah, and but actually, obviously, she comes with her own loyalty mission. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think she was packaged into the PS3 version. She was. That Shadow Broker and one other one. The Arrival. Arrival. Yeah. Um, so that's, well, yeah, I run into Zaid and I'm like, okay, I'll do your mission later. Um, but I keep him in my party because since I'm a renegade, I want to keep the most mean people with me. So People they, who agree with missions. Exactly. So it's, uh, you know, instead of uh, somebody saying... You know, Zaid will remember that. Now he's like, Zaid approves. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, um, but yeah, we, I, I went with, I got Zaid, obviously. I didn't get, uh, Katsumi until a little bit later. Um, but, uh, I went for Archangel first. Me too. Um, and when we, basically what we need to do is, so Archangel is obviously some kind of vigilante who's trying to stop the the mobs of of Omega was it the Blue Eclipse and Red Suns? Yeah, are they the two groups? Yeah, yeah. Right. And there's another one too. That's the Is there? yeah. There's there's three of them. There's the Blue Eclipse, Red Suns, and then there's the ones that's led by like the Krogans and have those really weird like goblin looking guys. I can't remember what it's called though. Um, no, I can't. But yeah, uh, they. They actually have Archangel cornered. They found his base of operations and they've been like doing a firefight with him for like over almost a day on now. Uh, but he's been holding them off with a sniper rifle. Um, so we pretend to be mercenaries so we can then infiltrate and then talk to Archangel. We still don't know who he is at the point, at this point. Uh, and so we, we do that 
we we go to where they've been having their firefight. He's basically uh, keeping people from crossing this bridge. He takes out anybody who goes there, but they're just trying to throw people at him, and he's just taking them all out. But they've come up with an idea of how to basically get around that. Um, but they want they think that we're just cannon fodder, so they just send us out there. <laughs> uh, luckily, when we make the, he's obviously not shooting at us because he knows he sees us, knows who we are, uh, and we when we make it there, uh, come to find out it's actually Garrus. Um, and Garrus is like, well, I knew it was you, but so that's why I didn't shoot you. But I thought you were supposed to be dead. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I am. But I'm back. So, uh, How's your day? Yeah. We, uh, but we team up with him. We have to take out all these guys because they have, they're, they're basically initiating their action of trying to sneak around us. So we have this huge firefight against a ton of guys. Um, and we have to keep Garrus alive. Like there's literally a Garrus life meter. I wonder if he dies, you just get game over. Oh, I'm sure. You'll have to restart it. Yeah. Because he's a, a guy. I think he's like, is he the... I'm sure he's the only character from the previous game that you could actually party up with. So I would imagine it's a case of he's... Uh, you fail that, you just have to restart the mission. I'm pretty sure you yeah, get I can see that. that happened to me. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure you Oh, can yeah, because get... you're on insanity. Yeah, you're on insanity. <laughs> so any way you can lose, I, I will find it, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, fighting off the Blue Suns, I know, Blue Eclipse, uh, one of the leaders of the Blue Eclipse um, shows up in a freaking, um, like a gunship and is trying to shoot through the freaking uh, building. We have to take that out, but unfortunately, uh, Garrus gets, uh, Garrus gets hit pretty hard. Uh, and we don't think he's gonna make it. But, uh, after defeating, uh, the Blue Eclipse, we take him back to Cerberus. And, uh, they restore his health. I mean, almost immediately, he's back up and running. Uh, it must have been like a couple of days later or something like that, but, uh, he has this massive scar on his face. And, uh, that's where that line come from, but uh, yeah, I like Shepard's follow up too. But you were never you were always kind of ugly. Yeah, <laughs> Garrus is like your best friend kind of thing. Always has been. Yeah, I, and even in the first, I like, I like how you start with these two because these are my two favorite characters in Mass Effect is Morden and Garrus. So I I get them for the whole game. That makes me makes me pretty happy. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, after that, we go on to Morden, uh, and uh, Morden is actually in the slums. Uh, they have actually locked it down because of a disease uh, that's been going around. It's a disease that it will kill all races except for humans. It doesn't affect humans at all. So of course, everybody's very suspect to humans. They think and they st- they started this whole thing. So there's a lot of races in the slums. Who are just attacking humans outright, just because. Uh, and while they're all kind of dropping down dead from the disease, and Morden is there to try and cure it. So uh, we then go into the slums, um, and obviously we're having to fight off aliens because they're saying, hey, human, kill them. Um, and we eventually make it to Morden. Morden has come up with a cure. 
um, but he needs somebody to take it and put it into the um, the air system so it gets spread. At the same time, uh, somebody has turned off the ventilation system and is basically going to suffocate everybody. So we have to go find the ventilation system, turn it back on, and then administer the cure. Um, there was no big reveal about who was turning it off. It was just a bunch of assholes, right? Yeah, it's, I think it's just members of the one of the like mob groups. Yeah, I think it might be Blue Eclipse. Yeah, Blue Eclipse are a lot. They they play a lot in this game. So um, yeah, we uh, make it to the ventilation. Have a big boss fight there. Fight those guys off. Um, I. I kill a bunch of guys in front of his assistant, Morden's assistant, and he's like, oh my god, how dare you do this? Because I'm a renegade. <laughs> and um, he goes back and tells uh, Morden, and Morden's like, "He, they did the right thing because you're an idiot. You know, it, so he's kind of a groom. And Morden is actually a renegade. That's the thing. Yeah, he's he's quite, I was going, I think he's, he's without a doubt one of the best characters in the Mass Event. Uh, uh, trilogy, but he is, yeah, he's a bit brutal. Yeah, yep. He's not very empathetic. Yeah, no, no, especially when I mean it, it'll come to the fore as you, the game goes on, but especially when it comes to the Krogan genophage, um, yeah. he has a, a very hard line when it comes to that. So uh, it's it's quite unusual to see because the way he talks is also great. I think that. Whoever played him was brilliant because the way his sentences are very short, precise, yeah, no hits. punctuation. Um, and he is a bit of a comical character, but then he ha- he holds these beliefs that you might not agree with as a player. I agree with him because I'm a renegade. Yo, you're a renegade. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, the one thing I have to mention is that uh, Morden is a uh, Solarian. So he's one of those... One of those characters that we saw in Mass Effect One, but never had in a party. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a brilliant scientist, and uh, we want to bring him along. And he's like, "Yeah, I'll totally come." And uh, we got him on board. Um, and we're kind of done with Omega. Uh, there are other people that we need to go uh, rescue or to go go recruit. Basically, uh, there is one thing I forgot to mention, which was the first mission. Uh, the first mission as a Cerberus operative, we actually had to go to investigate one of the colonies that disappeared. Mm. We run into Talia. Forgot about that. Or Tali. Not Talia. Talia Al Ghul's fucking Batman. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, so we, the first mission that we do, we, we, we go down to, uh, a colony that everybody disappeared. We want to investigate. And that's where we run into Tali. Um, she was actually looking for, one of her, um, one of her people, um, God, what, what, what are the, what are they called? Um, oh God. So the ones with the masks. Yeah. What are they called? What's that race of people? Called? Oh, Corians. Corian. Yeah. Corians, yeah. There yes. was a Corian who was part of, he was on his pilgrimage there in that colony. Um, and, uh, they, they're, they're looking for him. Her and the, her and some of her Corian friends, uh, she can't believe Shepard's alive, uh, but they're like, I, since I'm playing a renegade, I'm such a dick to her. 
<laughs> he's, he's like, he's like, we got to go find this person. I'm like, fuck, no, you're not, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, we're like, we got to talk to this guy first because we find him. Uh, he's basically the only survivor. He wasn't taken, but he's lost his fucking mind because of whatever he saw that took all these people. Uh, but luckily, he did have um, something in his memory banks. Like he, he keeps everybody keeps storage of their memories and stuff like that. And uh, we want to investigate him. And Tali's like, no, you're not taking him. And I'm like, well, yeah, I am because I'm a renegade. I'm like, yeah, we're taking him. We'll bring him back, but we're taking him. But what we find is there's video footage of what happened. It's very brief, but we see something. And come to find out, it's actually these things called collectors. We've never, we haven't seen them in, in years. In fact, they're basically a myth. But... They're the ones that are taking all these people, and we don't even know where they're taking them. Um, but we'll find out later. So that yeah, this game's all about stopping the collectors who are working for the Reapers. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it as far as Tolly goes. We eventually run back into Tolly because she becomes a party member in this game, right? Or is that? Or am I thinking of three? Oh, She's definitely later. in three. Yeah, it's later in the does come back yeah that's what i was thinking um but yeah so i I forgot to mention that but um so after that the game kind of opens up saying okay you can go wherever you want to you got to recruit certain people stuff like that uh i then did saeed's loyalty mission um which because the dlc characters you can do their loyalty mission right away kind of thing so went ahead and did saeed's loyalty mission uh, which was, we kind of find out he's actually, he's always been a mercenary, but he originally was one of the founders of the Blue Eclipse. And um, he was uh, backstabbed by the other founding member, and it's all about us going to kill him and get revenge. Um, which, that, that, that mission was pretty easy. It was basically just running around trying to capture this guy, and then we capture him and he lights him on fire. <laughs> um, and then I went and got uh, Kasumi who is kind of like this uh, she's like a very rogue type character is she human? I'm thinking so I, she's definitely humanoid yeah um, she always has a hood on and she's she's basically what you'd think of as like a Dragon Age rogue because she can literally disappear and appear behind somebody and punch them in the fucking head. <laughs> and it is so good. Uh, but she um, she's kind of like a master thief. Uh, she had a uh, husband who uh, was a thief with her who got killed. And she's trying to get his um, memory bank back because it has information that she wants on it. Well, somebody stole it. And her loyalty mission is all about going to the guy who stole it. He's having a party and we pretend to be somebody we're not to basically it's like espionage stuff. Which is a bit odd, really, considering he's the all famous shepherd, you know, the person who saved the universe uh, two years ago, that people don't recognize him as much as they should. Exactly. Because we go up there with like a, a bullshit name. Uh, Allison Gunn, that was the name that she used for my 
and uh, um, yeah, it was. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, it was Gun something. Yeah, I can't remember what the first name was. But uh, yeah, we it's it's kind of like a heist where we uh, we have to get like DNA for uh, opening a door, then we have to turn off the power to it and get voice recognition. So it's it's a pretty simple and short mission. But uh, it's kind of different. It is from the rest of them, though. It's very different because it's basically like you're in this big hub world and you have to just kind of explore it. Uh, there's there's a lot of combat at the end, but throughout it, it's mainly just going around talking to people. Um, but yeah, I did that one. Um, then after that, so I got the loyalty of those two people, and then after that, I went on to uh, to get Jack. Yeah. Is everybody here? Yeah. Has everybody here got Jack? Yes. Yep. That's a good mission. Yeah. So uh, we have to go get a convict. They say that um, this person, Jack, uh, has incredible biotic powers, and we could definitely use that for um, this upcoming mission. Uh, and uh, this person is very unstable and has been locked up in prison. So we go to a space station that is only a prison, um, and we get there, and we try to find Jack, but unfortunately, the warden of the prison has other plans. He wants to use us as ransom, I guess? He, wa- he wants to uh, basically imprison Shepard, because he's not, he's also, yes, he's a prison guard, but he's also selling valuable prisoners to the black market so he turns on us basically saying Shepard's worth more as a prisoner than he's getting paid by Cerberus to let Jack go you should love him Drew that that warden is so renegade I know (laughs) but he double crossed me and now he needs to die so I uh yeah we we released Jack uh and then we're like oh god we gotta go get Jack and then Jack don't need no help <laughs> she has fucking nope. murdered a shit ton of people. <laughs> um and um but yeah, we have to take on the warden. I kill the warden um and make our escape. Now this part right here was difficult for me. Because yeah. man, you talk about they just throw every damn body at you. Uh and there's those ton of those walker things that have the machine guns on them. Well the Ed 209s. Yeah, fuck those things. <laughs> and I'm playing on normal. <laughs> but um but yeah eventually we make it to Jack and the whole place is about to go down and Jack's like oh you fuckers work for Cerberus it's like I don't want to go with you guys I'm like well you kind of don't have an option because this place is about to blow up and she's like okay we've well, got the only ship yeah she's like okay I will go with you but I want your records I want to see everything Cerberus has on me and I did the renegade option of like, okay, but I lied about it. <laughs> <laughs> so in the, in the quest of me having surrounding myself with unsavory characters, because I'm a renegade, I keep Zaid with me and I'm like, I should probably put Jack in my party, but I fucking Jack gets on my fucking nerves so much. She's got a real bad attitude. But it's not even the bad attitude. It's more like this really emo kind of thing going on and i'm just like shut up you know i was like just 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 be an asshole but just stop whining but she's got she's got lots of tats she does have lots of tattoos 
Lots of sweet tattoos. Also doesn't really wear much clothing. <laughs> um, well, it is a Bioware game. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I've actually decided with Kasumi in my party. She's kind of unsavory. Plus, that little sneak behind somebody and punch them in the face is like an instant kill. I like that. She uses that a lot. So, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, yeah, it's quite funny. Every, every so often, you'll be aiming down your sights far at somebody, and all of a sudden, she just goes boop yep. behind them. And it's like, oh, job done. Yep. It's so good. Uh, and so, we got Jack. Um, Miranda really fucking hates Jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can tell there's going to be some problems there, but um, that's all the characters I got, I think, so far. Yeah, I've I've done pretty much most of those, with the exception of I haven't done uh, Zaid's loyalty mission, mm. and I've also done the mission that I think when you, uh, which one was it? Is a character that you pick up. Uh, that then unlocks the Horizon mission, which is your next story-based beat. Um, well, I think I'm which only I, missing I Grunt. Do. Yeah, for me, oh, it, I've got it, Grunt. it was when I got Grunt that they told me that the Elusive Man wanted to speak. Okay. So that's uh, that's a mission I've just completed and stopped at, which is uh, the next one. Okay. Um, which is essentially, I mean, that one is, uh, you get called to the elusive man and he explains that they might have a um, jump on the collectors uh, in the fact that a planet called Horizon has gone dark communications wise and that they think it might have something to do with the collectors so you basically have to uh, go to Morden and see if he's discovered a way to uh, neutralise the because the collectors have these little bugs that basically bite into like a human and it puts them into some form of stasis and Morden's been recruited so to try and counteract that so you go see him uh in the the tech labs uh, he says well i think i've got it sorted but you know we're not going to know until you get out in the field uh so off you go and it is very similar in the fact that you there are a lot of people being taken and put into stasis you get there just as they're kind of mopping up and and collecting these humans uh you then have to fight uh a load of these collectors uh, there's a main collector that's based in the ship that can inhabit bodies of other collectors on the on the battlefield so it's, it's called the harbinger and he can basically take over their body so you get he's like a really powerful one so when he takes over the body he's got like um, a shield, armor, and then health, and he's a kind of the big bad. Uh, so you, you get him appear on the the uh, battlefield every so often, spouting, you know, we're going to kill you all, you're all doomed, this, that, and the other. Um, you fight through a horde of those. You have to kind of get the comms up and running, and then the, from there, ED will... Um, uh, ED, which is a ship's computer, she will... Uh, get the planet defense guns up and running to try and destroy or at least fend off the uh, collector's ship. Um, so you get to this the central area, you unlock the comms, and then it's a case of Edie saying, oh, it's going to take me 
at least three rounds of fighting to get get this up and running. Um, So it's kind of wave based. You get like three waves and it ends with like this bigger kind of collector flying insect type thing, uh, which once you take down, you then find out that Ashley Williams is uh, on that planet. Gotcha. And she gives you some real grief about being with Cerberus. Um, so, you know, she's like, well, why didn't you, why, why have, where have you been? Well, I've been dead for two years. Um, <laughs> it's like, um, some, she asked some stupid questions to be fair. Uh, so she's like, yeah, where have you been? Why didn't you contact me? Well, I've been kind of busy. Um, and then she finds out you work in the Cerberus and she's not super happy about it. And it, basically ends you get a choice of saying you know, asking her to come with you or just goodbye but she can't come with you it's, it's you know if you ask her it's just a no i'm not having anything to do with cerberus yeah. i'll see you around kind of thing um i can't remember if she ever appears in the game after that i don't think she uh, to does be fair. um but it's kind of a it's a bit of a sour ending to that relationship especially if you maybe had a, a quite a strong relationship with ashley in the first game i don't know whether that affects the conversation that you have on Horizon, I never really chose her. I didn't really like her as a character yeah. in the first one. So I don't know whether if I'd have played with her as a, a companion more or whether if I had romance, romanced her or anything, that would have had an effect. But it, it, it was pretty much a blunt ending. as like she's, you know, you're trying to explain, well, I'm not doing this because I'm with Cerberus. I'm doing this to, to save the galaxy and humanity. And she's like, whatever. See you later. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, I, I know Ashley's alive in my game. Do you have Ashley alive or Caden? Uh, I had Ashley alive. Okay, so we all got Ashley. I, I guess it would be just Caden yeah. if it wasn't Ashley. I think it would just be a palette swap. Yeah, it would be because that's that's basically um, how it was in my first playthrough because I had Caden alive in my first playthrough. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um. But yeah, I think that, that's probably a good stopping point because I actually haven't done that mission. I got to do that. I got to get Grunt and then do that mission. Um, I haven't yet. Yeah, you haven't done it yet. Good luck. I saying. Yeah, that one does get a bit. I would imagine on insanity, that's going to get quite tricky yeah. um, because, as I say, it's it's kind of you're fighting through an area, and then you get to this sort of central open area, which is where those wave based uh, battles. Uh, come into play so yeah have fun so uh, we'll stop there but I do have a few emails I want to go through uh, the first one uh, actually comes from Chad who uh, gave us a um, a voice email last time but uh, and this one it's just a regular email this actually uh, is titled Danganronpa and future titles it says hi crew just finished listening to the finale of Rampa 2 and had a question I'm not sure about. In the first game, Makoto was the ultimate lucky student and survived, but in the second game, Nagito was the ultimate lucky student. Because being an ultimate implies that there can only be one Highlander style, uh, it kind of makes sense that Nagito had to die, or was this a moot point since Makoto, uh, title, Makoto's title was basically changed to the ultimate hope by the end of the first game? That I think that's the case. Um, secondly, I have two game suggestions for you to do uh, a poll in the near future. The first game is Suikoden 2. 
to this day, it is a fantastic game, and you don't have to know the original story to enjoy it. My second suggestion is Beyond Two Souls Remastered. Uh, the reason I suggest the remastered version is because it allows you to play the game in chronological order from the very beginning, whereas the original release in 2013 didn't allow the chronological mode until you beat the game at least once. Like, Does that make a difference? I don't know. I've never played that game. Mm. No, I've not. Like every, I started it. You, not very far. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, I was about to say, I thought you beat it, but never mind. Uh, I was jazzed up for it because I loved Heavy Rain so much. Yeah. Let's see here. Like everyone else, I did not like uh, Beyond Two Souls when it first came out in 2013. It just didn't make sense and just came across as pretentious crap. How, how, <laughs> however, I checked, Emotion. Yeah. However, I checked out the game again this year in chronological mode, and it's freaking amazing. Check out a YouTube video or something, and you'll see what I mean. Also, it's pretty short. I think it's around 11 hours. Just wanted to throw a couple of suggestions your way. Love the show, and always, I hope you have a great new year. Thanks, Chad. Thank you. He also has just a follow-up. Um, Beyond Two Souls is pretty cheap now on PS4, and Sweeken and Two is dirt cheap on PS3 and or Vita. And then he did another follow-up email. Uh, here's a decent recent review of Sweeken and Two that explains some of the main features. Uh, massive recruitable army, no grinding required, and he sent a YouTube uh, video of the review. Uh, I would love to play. Yeah, I've never played a Sweetening game, so that's something I guess we could always do. Um, our next email comes in from Jamie uh, about Mass Effect 2. It says, hi guys, so I didn't get a chance to play Mass Effect over the holidays due to Danganronpa and other new games taking up all my time. So instead, I'm starting a whole new Shepard, as I said before, that is unthinkable anyways. I decided to branch off from my original Shepard, call it an alternate reality. So uh, you get so to get you up to speed on my shepherd, I'll let you know my significant decisions. From one, my Mass Effect shepherd is a woman, and in the first game, uh, and my whole first playthrough, she was primarily a paragon. I like to think of her as a chaotic good. She tries to do everything for the greater good, and if people get caught in the crossfire, so be it. She'll try to do what's best, but piss her off, and she will going she's going to end you pretty quickly. Third strike, you're dead, kind of philosophy. She and Caden had a bit of a sexy time during the first game, so naturally she chose him over Ashley. Ashley was a bitch anyways. She uh, kind of had it coming. Shepard was a badass enough to talk down Rex, so he's still in the picture. And in the end, Shep sacrificed the council and put Anderson forward for a promotion. Oh, and she saved the Arachnid Queen. I think those are the major decisions. Okay, so this playthrough is going to be a bit different. Something in Shepard's brain didn't quite come through being dead, and as a result, she's definitely not the same woman. This time, I think she's going to have some strong feelings for her friends from before, but everyone else is SOL. Maybe she had a hard time making new relationships, but pretty much all the new characters are going to have a hard time with her. I foresee a much more renegade Shepard. That said, she's not going to be renegade just for the sake of it, more of a one-strike-you're-dead philosophy with a soft spot for her friends. Everyone is walking on eggshells around her. A moment of transparency. In the first playthrough, Shepard and Caden had a lasting relationship. We stuck it out through the end. This despite my huge weird alien crush on Garrus. But that was a Jamie crush, not a Shepard crush. If I, <laughs> if I were playing as Commander Jamie, Garrus and I would... Well, let's not get into romantic fanfic. My biggest regret... <laughs> my biggest regret in the game was not hooking up with Garrus. He, he's that great guy friend who might have been better for me, 
but I was too loyal to Caden to break it off. I'm not sure if Caden is going to be so lucky in this game. I'd say all romantic bets are off. After all, Shepard is not the woman she used to be. Who am I kidding? It's going to be Caden or Garrus. I haven't picked which one yet. <laughs> I'm a little uh, ways into the game now, and it feels like I'm coming home. I forgot how much I love playing this game, not just the story, as I remember, but the gameplay is great. Hiding behind cover, picking guys off is my jam. It, uh, I'm pretty sure I played on casual last time, and this time I'm playing on normal, so even slightly added challenging is nice. Uh, even so, it's not that difficult. I feel like maybe I should bump it up if I can. How about unveiling, uh, how about the unveiling of Normandy 2.0? I might have gotten a bit emotional. I think uh, now I'll work on picking up all the party members and then continue on the main story. I missed some Kasumi. Um, and then she also sent another follow-up email. Uh, in case you guys are dying to know what direction I went in, I settled on Garrus, and it's awesome. He's currently researching researching how the two of us are going to relieve tension together. <laughs> Caden showed up and hmm. and bitched at me for being with Cerberus, so I decided to forget about that bozo and hook up with the Turian. <laughs> <laughs> I even changed my armor to blue, so now we're all matchy-matchy. <laughs> uh, she says, you're laughing, but we are fucking adorable and deadly. <laughs> <laughs> I take him with me on all my mission. He's always compliments on my awesome shooting. Best couple ever. Interesting development that I didn't see coming as I have been slightly less Paragon, although not that Renegade really, just slightly more than last game. The scale is pretty level now, and that means that in some cases I don't have the Paragon or Renegade level to choose special dialogue. As a result, when Jack and Miranda got in a fight, I had to side with one of them. I decided on Jack and Miranda was pissed. I even lost her loyalty after doing her loyalty mission. I'm not all broken up about it because I pretty much hate Miranda, but I was surprised that I could lose loyalty. After all that, I did the help with her sister, that jerk. I think I'm going to... What? what? I was going to say, yeah, I, that might prove problematic for the ending of the game, losing the loyalty, unless you can build it back up, because I believe that to get the best ending, they all have to be... Oh, no, I don't think they all have to be a loyal, but they you have to have done the loyalty mission, so yeah. you might be all right. It, it all really so, depends. There's, there's a lot of weight going on around that. Let's uh, see so here. It says, I think I'm going to do all the loyalty missions now that I've collected all the party members. I'm not looking forward to Kasumi's. I hate parties so much. I don't even want to put Shepard through it, but I do love Kasumi. She's probably my second favorite after Garrus. Those two pretty much make up my party more often than not. I was worried about going back into this game, but now that I'm reliving it, I realize how much I miss it. I'm glad I decided to pick it up again, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie, for those emails and Chad as well. Um, yeah, who are you guys romancing anybody in this game? Not yet. I haven't. No, Have I you, don't. I've I, kept up with conversations so that, like, you can, you know, because you have to kind of keep those conversations going. But I haven't sort of selected anybody yet. Right, Matt. What about you? No, I haven't. I haven't. Don't have time. I'm busy saving the galaxy. Yeah. I um, it, it's weird because uh, I'm playing a female shepherd, um, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna do like I did in Dragon Age two and talk about like how I'm a female, like romancing a man. 
<laughs> I'm romancing Jacob. <laughs> Why don't you go black? Hey, my hey, my 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 shepherd is an African American. So, oh, okay. Um, so, so you didn't go with stock. You didn't go with stock. Shepherd. No, no, no. I so my first shepherd was like from the first game. She was mm. yeah, she was an African American. Um, but listening to the dialogue for trying to romance a guy and Jacob is like one of those, you know, he's kind of like down to business kind of guys. And this shepherd is like laying on the flirt. It's so fucking awkward. (laughs) She's like, so you want to be more than just friends? He's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) She's like, I think me and you need to be a little bit more private with each other. And he's like, I guess. I mean, <laughs> it's so fucking awkward. I wish I, was, I, I wish I could record it because it's so good. And I'm sitting here like choosing these dialogue options and like with a smile on my face of like, yeah, come on, Jacob. You know you want this. And I'm like, oh, stop it. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> it's like what like my female um, – uh, God, what was it? Um What's the Dragon Age 2 character called? Crap, I can't remember. Anyway, no, I ain't played it. Don't look at me. Hawk. That's it. Hawk. It's like my female Hawk was like trying to uh, romance the um, the uh, God, the elf warrior. I can't remember what his name is. And it was just so awkward listening to those conversations. And this is the same way. <laughs> but yeah, I think we're going to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to have some sexy time. So this is so dumb because I I did some of this dialogue with my girlfriend while she was here. (laughs) And then after I finished that little dialogue sequence, I looked over and I said, yeah, we're going to (laughs) fuck. But anyway, yeah, (laughs) that's it. That's all I got to say. Uh, thanks for the emails though. Um, you can definitely send us another email. It's uh drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can follow us all on Twitter. I'm at DML fury. Matt is at REMGS and John is at John W. No, John, no, w. John w. w. John W. I get that. D-K. I fucked it up every time. D U B Y A W U K. Uh, and then the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix down. Um, but yeah, that's it for us. Uh, we'll be back next week, um, to, uh, talk about more, probably talk about all those loyalty missions we're about to do. Oh yes. And, uh, yeah, that'll be it for us for now. I appreciate everybody listening. I hope you guys have a great week, but until next time, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And I'm John. And uh, we're out of here. Have a great week, and we will be back with a continuation of Mass Effect 2.